this is just a prelude to my um, vent work, random rants, conscious conversations, complaining corner, and uh, old school tips, uh, new school tips. This is just going to be a place where I can come and vent about anything that's on my mind that I want to share that doesn't really have necessarily need a series that just all wants to encompass little thoughts. So each segment may have multiple little random things in it. It's no need to watch these in any particular order. And so I'm going to be trying to do these little preludes for each series so that you kind of know what you're getting into. And so you can know whether or not you need to watch all the videos in a certain order or you can watch it in any kind of way, what's going to be entailed. And, and I'm going to try to put the basic summarization of what's in each little segment so you know, okay, well, this is going to be talking about this and this. I don't got to watch that. Yada, yada, yada. But um, yeah. Is it me or is anyone else getting tired of food? Like, just like, food is just that. Just, it's not the same. I don't know what this pandemic did to the food industry. <laughs> but I just feel like the quality of food is going down. Like, even places that are known for their quality of food. Like, you know, you know the well-known um, chains of Food places, you know, you got your Mexican popular chains and your barbecue popular chains and and uh, seafood popular chains. Just all these popular chains, and I'm like, you go to them, and you know the price is still the same, <laughs> but the quality of the food is just, I don't know, falling off every way you turn. Some kind of salmonella outbreak, some kind of this outbreak, and it's just like, what is going on? And then. It's like, is it me or is anyone else getting tired of people using the COVID and pandemic for an excuse to give less service, less quality service or less amenities? Like, I'd have been to so many hotels. I ain't going to say so many, but like a a few hotels within the past year. And it's like, every time I go, it's like, oh, we don't have this. We don't do this because of COVID. We're not doing this because of COVID. And it's not even just hotels, just anywhere. Oh, we're not doing this because of COVID. Do y'all realize how irrational half of the stuff is? Like, literally, I be, I go to somewhere and it's like, oh, you have to wear your mask. I'm like, bruh, soon as I walk in here and I open my mouth to act like I'm going to eat something, I can take the mask off. What is wearing this mask? <laughs> and this ain't the, I'm not putting nothing against nobody who want to wear no mask. That's fine. But I'm just saying sometimes it, <clears throat> it doesn't make sense. Like, are we, do you really think that me putting this mask on for five seconds is going to prevent anything? If you've come out and if you're in the mix with anybody, if you don't take your mask off, period, you're risking exposure if you believe that. If you know, if you really have gotten sucked into that. But my point is, it's like sometimes it just don't make no sense. And um, charging me the same price for a hotel or even more and you ain't got no pool, you ain't got no breakfast no more, you ain't got no, uh, well, we only do room service once throughout the, nigga, what am I paying the same price for then? I need a, a COVID price. If uh, you got COVID coupons, something, because if 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 you gonna give me less amenities, which is what I was paying for when I thought I was purchasing my uh reservation, it said all this stuff on there. You ain't put oh, you know how they say times may change due to holidays or due to uh, uh certain um things. I need a certain things may be limited because of COVID. I need a warning so I can know, let me call them or let me not even buy this reservation. Let me go look for somewhere who uh, has fully opened up 
If you ain't fully opened up, I don't need to fully open up my wallet. Simple as that. It just don't make make it make sense. Because <laughs> I ain't trying to make it make dollars. But anyway, you know, I'm corny. But, um, yeah, I'm just like, it's to be irritating. I'm like, I ain't trying to uh pay pay for something that I'm not getting. I'm not cheap. Like, I like finer things in life. I really do. Like, I'm bougetto. But I'm not going to pay for something when I know what it, what it's worth and what it's not worth. That's another thing. Like, I'm not going to go and just buy, spend $1,000 on a shirt just because it has some name brand on it. Heck no. I'm going to buy a shirt, though. I may buy a shirt for $100 if I if it's something I really like, but before I even see the price, because <laughs> I typically don't want to spend $100 on a shirt. But me, sometimes I just shop, and I'm like, what do I really like? And I pick up something, I'm like, man, it's clean. And I look at it, and I'm like, why do I got to pick the highest one? So, but And I, I get it based on that because I really want it. I really love it based on just purely how it looks, not by the brand, not by the label, not by the price, just because I like it. And that's what you should go with. Not with your ego, but with your heart. What is your heart truly desire? Not with your mind. But anyway, I'm digressing again. But yeah, this was just about like stuff that be getting on my nerves. That's it. <laughs> A little rant. I don't know if it's me, but have y'all ever noticed that when you clean your car or you clean your house, it seems like it gets dirty so fast? Or maybe it's just that. When something is clean or fresh or more perfect, it's like the imperfections stand out more. Kind of like, you know, when you're just in this world and, like, the negative always outweigh the bad. It's kind of like that. Because I just washed my car. That's why this is a, attached to that segment of this video. And I noticed all this dirt on my car. I'm like, dang, I just washed it. And my car is white, so I can kind of just see stuff easy. But I'm like... And this always happens. Every time I wash my car, I swear, it's like something happens where it gets dirty. Like, it just happens to get dirty right instantly, the same day. And I'm like, oh, my God. Same thing when, uh, like, and this this is so crazy. Same thing when I used to get my hair done. I swear to you, I kid you not. Back in the gap when I had, like, relaxed hair, I would get my hair straightened, and it would rain every time. Every time I would get my hair straightened, it would rain the same day. And I was like, are you freaking kidding me? And I was just like, oh, my God, what kind of luck do I have? But it's just so funny to me how stuff like that be happening. And, and, and then when I clean up in my house, I'm like, I swear, as soon as I clean up my house, my son's dropping this bowl of rice, uh, sticky this, sticky that. And I'm like, and it's kind of make me wonder, I think all these things naturally happen, but it's just like, it just shows you how powerful awareness is. The fact that I know that it's clean now, now my awareness is to keep it that way. And so in that awareness, to keep it that way, it's like I notice every little thing. It doesn't mean that, oh, it, hadn't, it, it hasn't always been raining or my son hasn't always been making a mess. It's just that now I care <laughs> I care about if, it, if he does or not or, you know, if it rains or not because the car is clean so or the house is clean or my hair is done. And so that's kind of like that power of awareness and that power of of caring when you actually care about something you you have a stronger will to keep it a certain way so i don't know that was just something i was thinking about because i'm like dang every time i get something clean or get something neat something happens to make it unneat uh, i'm like is this some kind of test to like make me let go of that perfectionist syndrome and that phobia of perfection or whatever all that kind of stuff but whatever I don't got to be too deep, but I just was thinking about that and wanted to share it. 
Hey y'all, so I'm just going to come on here real quick to talk about something. Um, it kind of just made me think of this. But so I went to the car wash. I was like, I could really go do it myself. I can vacuum it for free and get the car wash for like $7.99. You know, just run it through. But I was like, you know what, let me let me tap into my, <laughs> what everybody calls divine feminine energy. And just like, uh allow myself to receive, you know, just sit back and let somebody do something for me. You know what I mean? And, you know, uh, just pay, pay the cost. Sometimes you got to pay for what you want to get what you ask for. So I go and I pay for like one of the highest, um, you know, um, services they have basically about 28 bucks. And the only thing it doesn't have is like some kind of wax or whatever, but I'm like, I don't need that. It has another kind of coating. That's fine. So, I go through, uh, I, you know, I go and watch it come through, whatever, they dry it off. Then I get in the car, I'm like, and it's so funny because before I got out of my car, I was like, I just happened to look at my passenger seat. I'm like, okay, some crumbs in the seat. <laughs> and I was like, okay, they're going to get it. I get in my car after they supposedly, you know, they're done. And the same crumbs are in the seat, exact same amount. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not, I'm not being nitpicky, y'all, like, but... Seriously, it was like the same. It wasn't a little bit either. Like, it's like a good noticeable amount of crumbs. And I was like, well, maybe. Okay, but before I get to that. But um, so then I'm like looking. It's still, it's still a lot of like crumb, like dirt and stuff on the floor. I'm like, what the freak is wrong with the vacuum? Is it low pressure or something? And then the, the rear view mirror is still very dirty. It's like they, they spray something and it may have dried up or something. They didn't wipe it or rewipe, whatever. The inside of the windshield of the big main windshield is dirty. I'm like, I could have did better myself. And it's just like, it sort of making me realize the cliche. You want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Not saying that people can't do the job right, but it's just like something I always say is that no one cares. No one is going to care about you like you got to care about you. And you can't really be dependent on people who are doing a job, who don't really pride themselves in their job. And I notice that a lot in, in, in people who do jobs who they don't feel like are valuable. You know, they, they're just more like service jobs that they don't have integrity or pride behind it. And it's like, this is what we need to get back to. It's like, don't, don't feel like your job is not important just because you're a cook or just because you're a janitor or just because you're uh you clean cars. Like you can make the best out of everything and you can have that job or pride because I notice a lot of people be having be nonchalant. I'm like, bro, nonchalant is not confidence. I don't care how you wanna twist it. Stop trying to act like you just so cool for school, <laughs> too cool for school that and you ain't doing your job right. Like if I have integrity, integrity is directly related to to like self-love. My my self-worth is dependent on my loyalty, my integrity, how I treat people, how I treat things, how I uh, like pride myself in doing things the best I can. You know, I put my all into everything. That is directly linked to how much I love myself and it's like we need to get back to that integrity is a big part of, of loving yourself. When you don't have integrity and you just like F it all the time, you you it's going to reflect in how you feel about yourself. So to build that self-love, one way is is with integrity, is with a, a pride. And I mean the good pride, not the pride where you feel like, like an arrogance, like where you feel like you're better than other people or you, you know so much that you can't never learn nothing because that's a roadblock. You know what I'm saying? So... 
But anyway, I was like, dang, I could have did this myself. And so let's go with the cliche. Like, I think I just repeated myself, but <laughs> well, when uh, you know you want something done right, you got to do it yourself. Because I literally had to leave there and go to this other well-known. Now, the one I went to is a well-known car wash. I'm not going to mention them. But in the next, and I went to another well-known where, you know, I, I was like, I could have went here from the beginning where I just vacuumed it. So I had to go over with the vacuum. And it still didn't do too good of a job. I'm like, these vacuums just really must suck then. And I probably need to just get my car detailed because sometimes you do have to pay a little bit more of a price to get the quality. But it's like I'm paying 30 bucks already. You would think the car wash would have been better than that. And so it's also, too, sometimes you just got to invest in, in DIY, like in a sense, like, like doing it yourself, because like I said, you're not going to care. No one's going to care about your car like you. And to prove to whoever you believe in, I, I believe in God, but it's like, like I always say, God's not going to give you more than what you can handle and, or give you more when you can't, uh, when you're taking what you already have for granted, when you're not being appreciative. And that comes with maintenance. That comes with keeping up with it. I let my car go a little bit too long without getting it washed or vacuumed because I really didn't want to go get it done. And it's like, so it's like, you need to keep the maintenance up on things and show that you're appreciative of the, of this car, show that you're appreciative of your body, show that you're appreciative of your hair, show that you're appreciative of your house or apartment. Even if it's not the dream house you want, take care of what you got right now because you're not going to get in the, people always think by the end of something, I'll, I'll know how to do it. Oh, I'll take care of my house when I get, when I get the house. Uh, I'll take care. I'll, I'll take care of the car that I really want. I ain't taking care of this hoopty because it's just a hoopty. That hoopty is getting you from point A to point B. Oh, I'll take care of my body. Or oh, I'll wear better clothes when I have when I lose the weight. No, love your body now because that body is still carrying you. Oh, or I'll I'll take care of my hair when it grows to a certain length. It's not gonna grow to a certain length until you start taking care of. You see how everything is counterproductive. It's like you wait until something is is better or perfect or are always bigger. That's the ego. And it's like, you have to know that take care and cultivate the seeds and the foundation of everything so that it can grow. Everything. Think of it as like a seed. What you need? You need fertile soil. You need water. You need sunlight. You, it needs nourishment. Everything that has value in your life needs nourishment to continue to flourish and to continue to grow. You can't expect uh, a plant in a dark closet to just grow. And you don't pay it no mind. You can't expect your, your dog or your cat to live for a long time if you don't even give it no attention, no love, no affection. Everything needs love and affection. And nourishment, maintenance, those are forms of love. Those are tangible forms of, of the energy, of the of the spirit of love. Everything needs love. When you do your hair, take the time. Don't be rushing and being irritated and frustrated. Do it when you have time, nurture, caress those curls, uh, kinks, whatever. You know, um, I always say Afro texture, kinky hair like mine is high maintenance. We need more. <laughs> there needs to be more maintenance to it. And so that's how you start to try to cultivate that love, you know, um, to gain that patience. Sometimes we're very impatient and in this society, there's so much anxiety because everything is rush, 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 rush. People behind you. Oh, oh man, I got a back end. Look at them cars. They right there. They putting this pressure on me. Oh, look, uh, I'm trying to check out and I'm fumbling through my bag to get my money and my coin. Like, <laughs> screw them. I'm sorry to say, but you can't let people's emotions like be projected onto you or your fear of, of that pressure um, be 
reflected into you because you're only making yourself anxious. You know what I mean? And so it's just, just kind of like, just, this is more about appreciation and reflecting and reframing because you know, yeah. And also normalizing your emotions. It's normal to feel pissed or to feel frustrated or to feel irritable. Like that irritated me. I'm like, bro, I could have saved my little 30 and, and, and did and did it myself, but I'm like, but then I started looking at like, no, you really didn't want to be in this sun and doing this and that. It's good enough. I sprayed my little fragrance because the fragrance that they said was complimentary. They ain't even do that either. But you know, I just went on and sprayed my little thing. My car knows I, I'm trying to show appreciation for it, you know. So I just want to, you know, cater to my baby for for a moment, and and I did that. And but I was like, it's okay to be pissed. Shoot, on the ride home, so many calls of driving stupid. I'm like. Boy, y'all must not have no kids. I don't know because it's like people be driving like a bat out of hell. And I'm like, I used to be like, oh, I don't want to have road rage, road rage. There's a difference between cursing in your car or getting pissed versus chasing a car down, <laughs> waving a gun or rolling your window down and cursing them out. There's a line. So like I said, emotions are normal, but <laughs> it's the behaviors that you have to kind of look at that's associated with that. And that's how you know how to regulate those emotions and, and, and your reactions to everyday life. Life is always going to happen. And it's okay to honor emotions that you feel. It's not saying that, oh, because I get pissed every time a car cuts me off, that I'm not spiritually involved. <laughs> I'm sorry, but it's like, it, we do that a lot. We judge ourselves a lot. The inner critic in our mind is so big. And a lot of times, also another thing, another little thing I always say is you can't expect a you from somebody else. You know, sometimes we go through life and we get frustrated because, you know, we're, we're being this loving and person and we're, we're always catering to people and just trying to do the best and have this sense of consideration and just compromise. And sometimes it does get exhausting because you live in such a world with so much negative energy that you carrying your light and you being that positive light is exhausting sometimes. So it, and sometimes you're just like, man, why, why can't nobody just treat me the way I'm treating them? And it's like, you have to know that God is blessing you in other ways. You can't always expect people who are flawed human beings, just like you to give you what you're giving them. But it, it does mean that you may have to set love limits sometimes. It don't mean just cut them off, but it's like, you know, maybe I'm not going to keep giving to this person, even though I know my blessing is not always going to come directly from that person that I'm giving, that I'm blessing, but still know that you do have to set boundaries because that is going to let that person know that they can't walk through life. We're, we're, um, we're always teachers. And so when you set a boundary with a person or a love limit or tell a person about themselves and how that is not going to fly with you, you were just, you were put there to tell that person that because maybe no one else has ever done it. And to me, that's true love. True love is not about enabling or coddling a person to the point where you never tell them when they're wrong about something and you're just a yes man to everything that they do. True love is a, is a sense of tough love as well. It's where you actually care enough about the person that you tell them how to better themselves, that you help them better themselves and not in the sense of I'm better than you or hierarchy, but or classes, but just you know, I'm not going to sit up here and let you waste your life away doing all this dumb stuff and, and not holding you accountable. We need accountability partners. Some people say like, um, I've heard before in a video, um, on this, uh, YouTube page called women of impact, you know, they call super friends where, you know, you can lean into them to tell you 
when you when you're you know you're not prioritizing right or you know or the person who gives you validation for when you are on the right path but these are friends who are actually good friends not the ones who push you into more of that dark space but more the ones who pull you into that light space and so this is this this was just a kind of a rant vent about different little things that kind of came about just from me getting my car washed and this is the kind of reflecting and higher perspective that you can get while honoring your human self, you know what I'm saying? The human aspect, but also getting more of a feel of a higher perspective and that divine connection or whatever. But um, it's just basically everyday life, being able to see something from a, a perspective that is not so, um, I don't like to say negative or positive, but just a, a space where it's well-rounded. And um, something else I wanted to touch on, change. Change is neither good nor bad. It's just is what it is and sometimes you need change um in evolution it doesn't mean that you're becoming better than someone i want people to ponder about this so because you feel like in your journey now it's time for you to go vegan it doesn't mean that that change in your life makes you better than all the people who are not vegan or or you know just because now you no longer use products that you think are toxic or you know or or you know you no longer cook with um, toxic cookware or eat off of toxic cookware, you know, now you, you start judging people who do and, or you start judging people who feed their kids McDonald's or, 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 um, you know, Pizza Hut or whatever, you know what I mean? It's like, now you feel like you're at a place where you can look down on people. Elevating is your own elevation. It does not go into comparison with anyone else. So the comparison needs to come out. Because if you're doing things from a competitive or comparison type thing, then you're doing it for the wrong reasons. Now, there are, like I would say, in this journey of life, there are, um, what I call it, uh, like hypocrisies or, um, you know, being hypocritical or whatever. So sometimes competition is good when it's in a sense of motivation or inspiration. Because I kind of made a post about that on one of my Monday morning motivations. Like, you know, you run it and you see somebody up there, you're like, oh, I'm going to catch up with them or I'm going to go ahead and pass them up. That's a, that's okay. Because it's kind of like you don't really feel like you're better than them because you pass them up. Because who knows what their run is. They could have been running five miles by now and that's the only reason why you're beating them. You don't know what the circumstance is, but it's just a way that you conquer your mind and your resistance and your need to give up and doing something that's going to work for you. So that's what I'm saying. There's always um, a little bit of contradiction in, in things that I may say, but you have to know how to read between the lines and understand the deeper meaning. So I just want to wrap this up and hopefully you got something out of here from one way or another in the cliches that I mentioned or whatever, just a little old sayings that a lot of people have heard and kind of just my take and perspective on them. Well, all right, guys, that's all. Peace out. Out here barbecuing. Um, do I want to? No. So with that being said, traditional gender roles are okay, y'all. As long as it's not the gender roles that's the issue, it's the feeling people internalize that it's an obligation. Nigga, if your man likes to barbecue, if you like having family get-togethers and had a man cooking and, and the women in the house, y'all chit-chatting, chilling, drinking y'all little wine coolers, do y'all. We ain't, like I said, it's not about throwing away all the culture. It's just about like now knowing that you have option and nothing is obligation, bro. If you, but if your woman good at cooking on the grill, then let her cook. It's not, oh, 
And now I feel like less of a man because my woman out there grilling. What I look like as a man, let my woman grill and I'm in the house uh, chilling or I'm outside just talking to my boys saying domino. These niggas gonna say, what kind of man are you? You ain't grill. This is the problem. You see? It's the fear of the judgment. It's the judgment. It's the internalized sense of obligation. It's the expectation. Those are the real issues, not the gender role in itself. But yeah, so like I said, do I? I'm gonna be a little non. I'm gonna be a little whatever, not politically correct or whatever. What people want to say? Do I want my son wearing makeup and nail polish? No. But will I let him play kitchen and be the daddy and, you know, learn how to nurture and take care of baby? Yes. I don't feel like it's important for him or necessary for him to wear makeup and nail polish to feel like I'm being this person who believes in equality. My son can grow up believing in equality and I can grow up believing in equality without having him uh, wear makeup and play dress up and wear dresses. So, yeah, I'm just, that's, that's it. That's all. Bro, you ever be driving on the freeway and you know how like you driving and somebody getting on the freeway? Why do people always think that that's an automatic merge? And did, did people not really learn how to drive or <laughs> we need to bring driving school back and make it more popular because people don't understand the rules. That is not an automatic merge. Stay in your lane <laughs> until you got some. In two clear. miles, take the exit toward Imperial Valley Drive. As you can see, I'm driving right now. But, yeah, it's just crazy how people be not thinking, like, bro, don't be, just because you scared, or you, you you probably low-key. People act more hastily when they when they, when they scared because it's kind of like they just taking that risk, and they that's why they be driving all crazy because low-key they don't want to think about how scary driving really is. It's like it can be scary because you don't know. Like my mom always told me, drive for you and everybody else, and, and I ain't going to never forget that. But... Um. Yeah, you do because people don't know how to drive, <laughs> and don't let it rain in Houston. One drop of rain, boom! Everybody forgot how to drive. Simple as that. I know y'all might be thinking, what is the point of this episode? Sometimes my episodes ain't episodes. It's just like a verbal post in a sense, and it's just about like everything don't have to be so serious in life. Everything don't have to be so professional. This is just me chit chatting with y'all. You know what I mean? It's just. Don't take life so seriously all the time. Sometimes you got to laugh at the foolery. You got to laugh at the stuff that get on your nerves because that'll help you, like, let it go. Laughter will help you let stuff go. Real talk, like, seriously. Yeah, I can make everything deep. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, um, what else I was going to talk about? Yeah, that's all I'm going to say. Why is GPS stupid? (laughs) Like, seriously. If if you ever use your GPS when you kind of know where you're going a little bit, you will know how how I don't want to say manipulative because y'all are like dang it's not that serious, but you'll know how like dumb GPS is. And I don't know if it's dumb or is it that it be it's trying to make you go routes just so you can pass up these stores and pass up d- different attractions so you can see what's going on. And or oh let me let me go here let me go there. But, like, seriously, because it's like if you've ever used your GPS and you and you know you're going a little bit, you'll see, like, why are you taking me this way? Like, this way is longer. Like, why? Like literally, it'll be right there. You can see the sign. Oh, that, that go to uh, Target right there. It'll say, okay, now you're going to go. And it'll be, like, five minutes away. How is it? I see it right there. It's, it want to take you all around a whole nother loop. 
<laughs> then it start telling you wrong. Rerouting, rerouting. I'm like, bro, let me just get off of this. And this is why I say sometimes uh, you you get led somewhere by somebody and they leading you the longer route, uh, the wrong route away. And you kind of know I'm all I'm all about working smarter, not harder. And sometimes people want you to work harder just to waste your time uh, for their own meanings, for their own purpose. You never know why. But this is why having a little know-how is good because you can prevent yourself from going down the long road. And that's just my interpretation, like looking at it from a little deeper. But it's just like, yeah, basically back to the fact that the GPS is dumb, bro. <laughs> Simple as that. Y'all ever wonder why niggas ain't never satisfied? Like, you can't win for losing. Think about it. Think about it. When you go to the restaurant or anywhere where you need some kind of service, and then, you know, say, say the person ain't like your waiter, serve or whatever, ain't nobody coming. You been sitting at your table. You ain't even got no bread, no salad, no nothing, no drink. And you just waiting 10 minutes go by. You finna be complaining. You're like, oh, uh, let me guess, because we black, they ain't come to our table, huh? And all this other kind of stuff. Okay, let's try another scenario. You come to the restaurant and your server's at your table right there, boom. Uh, can I help you with anything? Well, let me get you a drink. Okay, you got your drink. They come back. Anything, are you guys all right? <laughs> they done came to your table like five times in the last 10 minutes. Then what you can finna say? God dang, bro, I'm good. You finna be telling all your partners, all, your, your girl, your your dude, whatever, like, well, golly, what they keep coming over here for? Let me guess, because uh, we black, they thinking, we, what, we going to dine and dance? Or, uh, why they keep, we good, why they keep coming over here asking us? Uh, you see how, you see? You can't win for losing. We don't never, <laughs> we ain't never satisfied. We just got to be complaining about something. You got to ask yourself, is would you rather them be catering to you or not? Me and my husband went to the chemo. <laughs> he had me cracking up because the uh the what do you call the front desk clerk? She kept asking him, um, it's about the AC because uh they almost we got lucky to get that room. First of all, they almost didn't put it out because the AC wasn't working. So she's like, uh, just let me know if the room's working, if the AC's working. And so uh every time he walked to the front. For something, even if he was going out to get bags, some uh, is is everything okay? Is everything okay? Uh, is AC working? A handful of uh, 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 luggage and everything. She's stopping him. Uh, is everything good? Uh, y'all sure? Let me know if it's not working. He's like, God, she she uh she don't ask me about five times every time I turn around. And, and I just miss. I say, you see how we is? We complain when they ain't no asking us nothing, and we complain when they do ask us nothing. It's like you just got to pick out, figure out what you want to do. Is you gonna be happy with them asking you? At least they care. They showing customer service. You'll be complaining if they wouldn't. Also, it's just it's just a joke, so y'all. But it's just funny how we be doing. I'm like, sometimes you gotta ask yourself, am I just complaining just to be complaining? <laughs> Hey, y'all, a few things this morning. So I'm getting up, you know, detangling my hair and doing uh, my son's hair and um, getting ready for his potty party. But I had a couple things in my mind. One, we got to stop over-researching stuff. Are you a hypochondriac? <laughs> I got those tendencies. Um, so, and when I mean... So, we are hey, shush. Sorry, guys, that was my son. He came here and he say, I said, buddy, I'm doing my work. I'm. <laughs> he said, what are you talking about? Fart? And I said, no. He said, poop? <laughs> I said, no. He said, peep? I said, no. Well, maybe it's like about pottying, being a mommy, 
doing other stuff. And he said, oh, <laughs> kids are funny, I swear, man. But anyway, uh, he said that because he just finished pee-peeing on the potty. But, you know, um, so over information, you know, like when you're feeling like you got a little sniffle or you got a headache or you got this and that, and you start going on uh, YouTube University or Google uh, uh <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a think a word that starts with a G for Google. But yeah, I don't know. Google something. But the point of it is, is that I don't know if it's a subconscious or I'm just going to use mine because I'm not a scientist. I'm not a historian. I'm not a psychologist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not. Th- I'm. I'm just a person living through life who is giving you firsthand experience from things. And that's all I can do. I'm not pretending to be something I'm not. I'm not pretending to know things I don't. I just do my research and live by example. And that's all I'm trying to give y'all, like, real stuff and not just, oh, let me give you a bunch of information that I never even tried or that I don't even, you know, have exposure to, which is good, too, because, you know, content has to be out there. But, you know, like I said, I'm just trying to give you my experience. So the mind doesn't really know the subconscious particularly doesn't really know reality from fake. So if you look at all this stuff, oh, you have this flesh-eating bacteria, <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God, what, what am I going to do? And your body starts going in this uh, hyper, uh, you know, fight-or-flight type of mode, this hyper-stressed mode, then you're reacting to it as if it's true. And so you can actualize stuff because, say – how can I say this? If you start reading symptoms of of a of a disease, right? Your mind will start making you feel like you actually do have that. And I don't know if that's like a placebo effect or whatever, but it's just like the more you expose to yourself, the more it's harder to get that out of your head that that is not what it is. And so you're going to always constantly go back. That's why they say your mind creates your reality because say you're reading um research on um Oh, when your man does this, that means he's cheating on you. And so now every time your man um, goes to the bathroom with his phone, because this this research article said every time your man goes to the phone, to the bathroom with their phone, they're cheating on you. And for some people, you may think, oh, that's dumb. But some people, and I'm included, we do uh, internalize things a little bit deeper because in this day and age, we don't know what's fact and what's fiction or what's manipulation or whatever. So a person may feel like, dang, and even if they like, oh, I don't really believe that, it's in your mind so deeply now that you kind of can't really get that thought out your head. Even if now you got to rationalize every time you have that thought across your head, you just got to say, oh, that's just because I read that article. Oh, that's because it is. I got to give the benefit of doubt or I got to ask if I really want to see. I need to just open and have these conversations. Like I said, the best way to get out of your head is always to just speak and, and ask and not assume. Assuming is the devil. That's my other love coin phrase because it's true because you're always assuming the worst and that worst case scenario that adaptation of my black mind comes out um another one i was gonna say is if you're potty training your child these are my random rants y'all so uh, i'm gonna do a prelude all of my series will have a prelude starting i don't know when but i'm gonna gradually start adding preludes so that way you can watch that first and have an understanding of what each series is going to kind of encompass so you can kind of know, is this something I got to read every segment or I can just kind of go out of order and go listen to whatever I want to listen to based on the little title. Because this one, this series <clears throat> is going to be about random rants, um, 
a complaining corner, basically somewhere where I can just complain about dumb little stupid stuff that happens in, in my life. Um, like Kroger's changing them bags to uh, them old hard bags. They know black folks use grocery bags for everything. Come on. I can't use them. I can't do my condition treatments. I can't use them for trash bags in the bathroom. I can't use them to, for to-go um, plates. <laughs> but anyway, um, but also if you're getting, if you potty training your child, don't feel discouraged if they have accidents and like they kind of you feel like they're regressing, especially for circumstances for um, if they have a tummy ache or if they have if they're not feeling well or there's some kind of pain going on because. See, the thing about children is that, like I said, they haven't been conditioned to do anything that represses themselves yet because to to fit in or to look, uh, you know, normal or to look um, civilized or have home training. So they don't know how to repress their body. If they have diarrhea or something, they're going to let it out. They're not they're not taught to clench, repress this uh, bodily function. No, diarrhea is something better out than in. People look at bodily functions as bad, even when they've seen bad. Like diarrhea, it's a good sign. Not okay. The reason probably isn't good, but it's good that you're getting it out. It's better than just having it those toxic uh, products or matter or whatever you want to call it in your body. So throwing up poop, diarrhea, all that stuff. I'm sorry. This is a kind of a for some people they may be like, ugh. I hope you're not eating. Um, <laughs> I should probably make that disclaimer, but. Everything I do is raw, real, and uncut. So it, just always know you may not want to be eating <laughs> when you listen to one of my uh, things. But, yeah, just know that um, because I say this because my son had, like, two accidents. He came home with a pull-up uh, two days in a row, and I, well, a diaper because they still have diapers from when he was using them. And I was like, oh. And he was like, well, yeah, he had an accident during nap time. For one, he was asleep. For two, it was diarrhea. And so I was like, okay, um, well, um, that's okay. But the first aspect of me, that perfectionist side was like, dang, I'm finna sit up here and have a potty party. And he up here don't even see potty train. I'm like, that's kind of embarrassing. But I'm like, you know, then I had to let go and say, me and my husband started making jokes. And he was like, shoot, look, we you gonna have a freaking potty party. He gonna be on the head. He, that, that boy that went to the bathroom about five times. He done had about five accidents at the potty party. <laughs> and we hear sometimes you just got to laugh through stuff, even, you know, when it makes you feel a little nervous or embarrassed or ashamed or whatever. But I was like, you know, he a kid, and I'm going to explain that, too. He's potty trained because he goes independently, but that doesn't mean he doesn't have accidents. It's, it, it's as a human. It's like there's this perfectionism still underlying. Like, just because you're potty trained doesn't mean you're not going to have accidents. That's why they're called accidents or that's why things are called mistakes just because you have achieved a level of expertise or skill does not mean you're not going to fall and slip up at time to time it's the same thing with children we hold children to a very high standard like think about it we're training them on so many things at once do this do that learn how to do this learn how to do that and that's why i didn't pressure him so much and i'm still not going to pressure him if he starts backsliding and he starts back having more accidents I don't care. I'm still having this potty party because I'm still showing him I'm proud of what he's done so far, thus far. And that's how you got to let go and and not be so worried about the image or what people are going to say or what we're going to think or whatever. And so I just want to kind of put that out there for anybody who, you know, kind of beats themselves up when things doesn't don't seem like they're going right or 
Like, dang, it, he would start having accidents right before the potty party. Or, dang, I would start doing this right before I'm about to do this. Like, you know, when those fluke things happen, like, really, bro? Really? Now you want to start cutting up. Or now you want to start this. Or now you want this happening. Now, all those, like, now, so, like, like, y'all like, I'm going to go back to that. So what now what? What you going to do about it? You going to make that beat your spirit down and bring it down and, and just stop in your path and make you want to give up? Or you just going to be like, F it. Sometimes you got to say, fuck it. <laughs> but yeah, I stole it from my uh, husband friend. But yeah, <laughs> you do. You just gotta say fuck it and just and just do you and just keep going and let it roll off your shoulders. But yeah, I'm gonna do a little prelude so y'all can know what all's gonna go into this uh, series of random rants and complaining and uh, conscious conversations and. Uh, like old school tips, new school tips, you know, things that, you know how they always say things your mama didn't teach you or not your mama's this or not. Well, I'm going back to things my mama did tell me uh, and my things my grandmother did tell me. All these types of things that I grew up learning from that old school uh, mentality that I feel like we losing in this, you know, these new generations that's coming up and these youngsters out there, if you listening, you 18 16 20 something really you should be listening to my page too i feel like this this podcast is for all ages because i have so much spirit in me so much uh diversity in my in who i am like i can hang with the young ones if i want to i can hang with the old folks if i want to i have so much older wisdom but i I have so much knowledge and empathy for youth because i haven't forgotten what it was like to be young and to be impressionable and so it's like Y'all need to, I'm trying to put y'all up on game, man, but like the real game, not to manipulate and, and, but just the game to survive out there, these tools that you need to kind of keep going through, pushing through, through all of the negative and dense energies that surround us and, you know, just that trying to uplift y'all, whatever. Well, as always, I love y'all. Peace out. Keep God first. Yes, I'm extra, <laughs> extra, extra read all about it. This is not a real episode. I just want to make a an episode just to tell you how extra I was so that's just confirming how extra I am (laughs) we're back it's that time again with another episode of random rant Wednesday I literally just made that up yes I'm well aware that Random rant does not start with a W, but it sounds good enough. This is where I get all the crazy-ish from my mind off my chest. And yes, I'm well aware that it is some crazy-ish. <laughs> but hey, some of it got some um, some gems in it, so it's worth listening to. This is where I basically, like, I don't go into deep, long things, but I kind of just say little Little topics, little, um, my two cents on things and just kind of leave it there. Sometimes I may make a whole um, episode about it later if I feel like it's something that needs to be delved into. And you, sometimes it may turn into a series. You never know if I need more information or or whatever. But um, I just also want to disclaim, like, please, guys, share this with people who you feel like need motivation, who needs inspiration, who may be going through a spiritual awakening. Um, and I know everybody doesn't like that term, but for to get this to the people who need it the most, I am going to be using that term of spiritual awakening because there are a lot of people out here who 
um, need some rationale and some grounding and some assistance with what they're going through and, you know, what's happening to them uh, mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, whatever, you know. Um, one thing, I'm go- I have a lot of insomnia sometimes, but there could be many reasons. But for me, it's when I'm like, to me, I feel like it's when I'm tapped into my mind. Sometimes you get a lot of racing thoughts, and sometimes those thoughts are, are a bunch of uh, a negative subconscious loop. And sometimes it's, um, it's a bunch of good ideas. And I feel like that comes from basically when I have unfinished work to complete that I've held off all day. Like, you know, maybe I've been trying to prioritize you know, my family, my personal life, and I kind of have neglected, you know, writing or journaling or putting my thoughts on a paper. And for me to get peace of mind, if I have a lot of thoughts, I have to get it off. I have to get off my head and put it onto something, put it in my phone and put it on my, on writing my journal. And so it's basically to me just uh, a sign to prioritize work a little better or um, focus on balancing um, of that work personal life um, dynamic. Another thing is hoarding. To me, this is like a compulsive need for me. Some people try to say it's for comfort or for other things. I like to me, this came from childhood, like hoarding and not wanting to throw things away. This compulsive need to be prepared. For me, it was like a deep attachment to things with perceived sentimental value that was instilled in me um, from childhood. It was like everything, especially my schoolwork, had feelings. I couldn't bear to part with them. Or feel like I abandoned them and treated them like trash, unworthy of my love or appreciation anymore. I know, extra sensitive. I know, y'all. <laughs> but to me, the solution is like minimalism. And like a minimalist lifestyle, it's it's basically living with things you really need. It means removing anything that distracts you from living with um, intentionality and freedom. And so... I try to practice this. It is a practice. I really don't feel like I have too much extra stuff in my house. Um, I do live in an apartment, so I don't have that much space anyway. So I try to keep things down. But I do love kitchen appliances and gadgets. So I do have, like, things that I feel like make life easier for me. But I try not to overdo it. Every now and then I periodically do spring cleans where it's like, oh, if I haven't worn this in a year, I'm throwing it out. Or if I if I really don't, if I feel like, oh, I got to gain weight or lose weight just to wear it, I'm throwing it out. Not really throwing it out, giving it away. You know, just kind of trying to keep things um, down and not so uh, overcluttered because a cluttered house is a cluttered mind to me. And um, your environment is a true depiction of what's going on in your life and, you know, the chaos that you may be going through. And so it's, it's a good way to gauge where you're at. Like, I know when my car gets really, really disgusting that... I'm not focusing enough, and, and I'm and I'm not slowing down. I'm just running, 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 running like I'm in this rat race. And so there's that. Then you have, I was thinking about, you know, the subconscious versus the unconscious. And honestly, people use them interchangeably. And, and even with the research, it was kind of hard for me to really figure out how to decipher it or explain it. But the subconscious is basically the umbrella of the mind. It's an umbrella concept to me because it's it's almost like everything that you've ever seen, experienced, or done, yada, yada, yada. And I do have a video on that. I don't really remember everything I put in there. Maybe there's new things that I feel differently about, but, you know, you can take a look at that. But versus the unconscious, the unconscious is more of the deeply repressed um, emotions and 
so here's the definition I have. The subconscious refers to that part of the consciousness. And consciousness is the fact of awareness by the mind of itself and the world. So basically, the subconscious refers to the part of the, your awareness that we are unaware of. It is the information that we are not actively aware of in the moment. So it's constantly running. It's constantly there in your storage like a file cabinet. But that can influence us nonetheless. Like it's still information that you hold within your body, um, within your knowledge. You just are not always consciously aware of it, such as things that are heard, seen, or remembered. The unconscious mind, however, is a term coined by Freud to refer to a part of the mind that cannot be known by the conscious mind and includes socially unacceptable ideas, wishes, desires, traumatic memories, beliefs, and painful emotions that have been repressed. So a lot of times people say the only way you can really get to that, tap into that is more like, um, uh, how could I say, like hypnosis. But people, I think that's Carl Jung, he he coined, he figured out um, shadow work. And so I feel like that is kind of in essence a part of the unconscious mind, the parts of yourself that you may have labeled as bad or good. And, and so, um, and I feel like this pandemic kind of uncovered a lot of the unconscious. It kind of made it come to surface because that traumatic experience, that stress that we were under triggered it in some in some way. And so that's what a lot of people I feel like we're going through. Um, consciousness emerges from the operations of the brain. And so it's just an encompassing of how we think, how we see the world, how we behave, all these other kind of things. Uh, let's talk about let's normalize stress as a feeling. And I feel like normalizing isn't something that is about, uh, how can I say, about this, more about the basic societal norms that are about labeling and stigmatizing or grouping, but more like this. I feel like the things that are norm that we need to normalize is, is to not make people feel like they have to be that way, but to make people who who feel like they have something or not harbor. Basically, the more normal something is, the less shame is attached to it. And the more aware people are of it and, and that it's something that people go through, the more um, it's, the stigma is taken away from it. So stress as a feeling should be normalized. Like, it, Come on, we live in America. You mean to tell me that we don't all have some level of stress? But also while learning how to self-regulate when feeling it, a lot of times it's not a conscious thought. It's a subconscious narrative or a feeling or, you know, or unconscious energy or emotion that communicates with your body or mind. And this is when that triggering of coping mechanisms to get through those stressful feelings come about. And that could be in anything. That could be um, uh, mental delusions, illusions, or whatever. It could be um, addictions or whatever. But stress is a feeling of emotional or physical tension. This is a definition that I have. is is a feeling of emotional or physical tension. It can come at any event or thought that makes you feel frustrated, angry, or nervous. Stress is in your body's reaction to challenging to challenges or demand. And so stress can be something that physically 
like you can feel like you know sometimes I, my muscles get um tight and I can feel like m muscle knots in my shoulders and in my back and the trapezes muscle and that's very common you know within the neck shoulder um um trapezes area is a really uh common spot for people to hold stress along with like their jaws and stuff and so but it could also be like an emotional stress like just feeling stressed out emotionally or you know um mentally and so with this age of information, media bombarding us with all this stimuli, we're overstimulated. And when we went through the pandemic, it was like the straw that broke the camel's back. You know, it was just the overflow of stress that triggered so many things within us that we may have never really uh, been aware of that, you know, it was just like the snowball effect and just, it was downhill, but you know, we, we, we going to be making it through and we learn how to self-regulate. Now we learn how to do stress management. Cause we don't want that silent killer. Nah, -uh. not over here. But anyway, uh, I want to put something about what I think soul is. I'm always kind of like deciphering spiritual jargon and I have a whole episode I want to do eventually, but I kind of don't want to do it because I don't even want to really introduce people to all the spiritual jargon. Cause like I said, sometimes it can cloud, um, basic understanding, but soul to me is just another way of saying heart. Cause when you think of soul food, when you think people like, Oh, they put soul into that. It's basically like they put their heart into it. Like they put the true essence of themselves, like there's so much love and, and what is the heart love? It's a physical manifest, it's like the tangible organ of love, you know, and, and put heart. People also use heart simultaneously as so that, or oh, they put their heart, they put some heart in there, you know what I mean? And so, so food, we put our heart and love into when we make it. And this is why I feel like even though the food may have not have been the best quality that we have had, it has kind of come passed down to us. It was a, a demonstration of our resilience and the fact that we put so much love and time and nurturance in that food. We prayed over, we we do so much in preparation. It's like, you can give us the bottom of the barrel if you want, but we still going to make it through because we have soul, we have heart, we have love, and God is love. And the more you have God in your life, the more you are going to make it through anything. But um, let's go to next. How music videos and trends make you want to change your appearance. I ain't gonna lie. I remember when I was little, I don't know what, I know y'all all remember like going through high school and, and having like little dumb trends you did. And there was one, you know, everybody started getting those uh, dimple piercings. And I saw somewhere people was like, you know, if you just hold your hand here, it's like you'll start to form dimples. Like just keep your two fingers in your dimple area. And, and when you smile, when you talk, and I was literally discreetly walking around trying to have dimples and it just shows you how impressionable we are as children and it also shows you how much we are always trying to alter ourselves for acceptance and to be seen as beautiful instead of learning how to accept who we are self-acceptance is so freeing and it makes you stop trying to be what everybody else is and the more you start to love every little thing about yourself the good bad the beautiful and the ugly the more you empower yourself because all of that altering and shifting and and I'm not saying oh work out not work out or something like that that's something that's uh, uh, achievable but I'm saying really changing and altering the way God has made you to try to fulfill to try to attract somebody or, or make or join this club or be this seen this way it's 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 defeating to the spirit but um with that to me 
just knowing how we were impressionable as kids, it, it should cultivate compassion for the youth. This generation has gone through so much more than we had to go through. Um, yes, we had a lot of struggles, a lot of uh, mental and psychological struggles, but what they've had to go through, not having prom, not having uh, this or that, and, and, not have, and, the, and the way the technology is and the communication is, like the way it is now, their lives are different from ours. And we have to learn how to help them get through it and still instill the old school stuff in them so they can understand how they can have the tools to make it through all of the toxicity and the um, the de-evolving trends that may be going around. Like I said, you can't get mad at, a, at your child for looking up to a rapper or, or, or singer or celebrity when you're not giving them a foundation that makes them want to look up to you. You are their foundation. Like I said, if you don't give them the tools, they're going to go searching for them somewhere else. And it's going to usually wind them up in a situation that they don't need to be in. But, you know, just keep praying, you know. Um, uh, Self-worth in relation to all of our icons being broken down in the media. You know, for example, I don't even know if I want to say these people, but I kind of think mentioned this in the media manipulation uh, series. So you can go and look at that. But. Just basically, it's it's disheartening to our spirit and our psyche, and and I talk about the spirit a lot. And the spirit is basically your feelings and how you feel in life. And feelings are important and emotions are important because they they're what keep us going. And so, an uplifted spirit is a person who has enough positive energy within their body um, and the positive emotions to keep going and keep staying motivated. But a person with a low spirit is a person who's depressed, stuck in the, uh, debilitated in anxiety, debilitated in paranoia and fear and all these lower emotions and, and, and negative emotions. And so when we go through life and we see nothing but negative depictions of people who look like us that we relate so heavily and deeply to, which is known by people who are, who want to manipulate us through media, it's disheartening, especially when it's like somebody who was, who had a legacy of greatness. And then in the end, you took that away and you tarnished their name and you defamed their character. That is heartbreaking to us. And it's, it's why we constantly are stuck into this, um, learn hopelessness and learn helplessness because every time we're up, there's so much, we're bombarded with so much hate and, and, um, manipulation and trauma and fear and degradation that, is disempowering. And that's why you have to know that the media is a manipulative force. And the more you know that, the more empowered you are and the more that you can say, man, that's some bullshit. They, they always trying to do something to bring us down. It ain't going to bring me down. You know what I'm saying? Like, I know what it is already. And I know that this ain't going to make me see this person different because at the end of the day, we human. <laughs> and if you you listen to my, other, uh, my last episode, you'll know why that's funny. Inside joke. Anyway. Recognize when you're trying to steal someone's joy. I can attest to myself that I've seen people who who were in a good mood and just extra happy and goofy, and I feel like aggravated or irritable. I'm like, man, y'all doing the most. So you, oh, you're not even that. You know you're not that happy. Uh, oh, oh, they annoying. I wish they just shut up. And it's like you have to ask yourself, what is going on within you? where you can't allow that person to have joy, where you can't allow that person to choose happiness. When you've been depressed a lot of your life and you choose happiness every day, it's a choice. And someone comes and rains on your parade, them negative Nancys or, or pessimistic Polly's, <laughs> like, are uh, 
pessimistic Patricks or, or, or negative um, Nicks. You know, let's let's make it gender. <laughs> let's do some gender equality here. But you know, just you have to ask yourself. It's a two way street. Like, what is going on with you where you can't allow somebody to be happy? That's what you need to be worrying about. And let's see, y'all. What's wrong with being friendly? Cause I'm friendly as heck. Let's normalize positivity, overpowering negativity. Normalize being sweet like honey. Like they say, you'll catch more flies with honey than vinegar, right? Guys and girls, a smile and a good morning and how you doing doesn't mean flirting. This is why a lot of men internalize this feeling of, you know, from men being perceived as villains, unsafe, abusive, aggressive since the dawn of time. Believe it or not, that is in our collective consciousness. And uh, the black man is one of the most feared people in America. And it's sad because they go through life with so much internalizing, so much pressure. And this is why I'm a big person of not leaving men out of healing. And a lot of times it's easier for women to heal and women to be emotional and express and release. But for a man, it's not. And it's just that. Yes, some men are interested and they're attracted to you. Maybe that's why they're speaking. But it's like women, because of the the traumas that we've carried, you know, we take certain things as, uh, don't, don't be speaking to me. Da, da, da. Or, you know, we may have um, a man who's who cares about us and who, may, who wants to protect us. And so that narrative is perpetuated that men are, uh, are predators and we're prey. But it's like, Learn what your filters are. Learn why you feel certain things when when a man is is saying good morning to you, or or men learn understand why a woman can't speak to you or say good morning without you feeling like she's interested in you, or why why she can't just smile at you and and not think that she's interested in you. Flirting, yes, those are cues for flirting, but no, when don't take rejection as something personal. Sometimes people just want to walk through life and be uh have man have manners and, and speak to people and not just say they're speaking to only their sex or um their gender or their race you know what i mean and it's just common courtesy that is being misconstrued or or taking offense when it's not being uh flirtation when they when the feeling of rejection or the feeling of abandonment or feeling of awkwardness because they wasn't flirting they was just speaking and you were triggered and now you say all kind of crazy stuff and, and, and disrespectful things. It's just like try to understand that and just reframe it and let's change that narrative. Yes, those can be flirting tactics, but also just know like it could it also can't be. It could it could be one it could either be either or. Um and that goes into what I've been what I was about to say next. Everything is not sexual. The need to be attractive to the opposite sex is so engraved in our culture that our self-worth is directly associated with how much attention we receive from that opposite sex. Trends and media perpetuate and fuel this detrimental mindset. Like, it's not it's not bad to have sex appeal or feel like you want sex appeal because that honestly fuels a lot of our self-confidence. And that is why, you know, a lot of times when we're single, we have a different level of confidence than when, you know, you're committed and you've been in a relationship for long times and you just may not feel attractive anymore because you're not getting that same constant, um, you're not in an environment where you're constantly getting that attention. And so um, it's solely dependent on one person that you're seeking it from. But know that that is not your only sense of self-worth and you have to learn how to balance your self-worth and other things that are more sustainable and have deeper meaning. Um a new way to have your cake and eat it too. Why can't we have it both? 
the hood nigga or bad boy and the respectful gentleman with a heart or the lady in the streets but a freak in the sheets. <laughs> Let's break the narratives played out in the media depictions. The idea that an alpha male means you're, you're not corny or funny or genuine or sweet is absurd. What it, What is a simp anyway? Like, you know, we have uh, narratives in, in the media of certain couples and the woman always leaving. Just be mindful of the media. Like I said, they highlight what they want to highlight to control the culture. And it's like, you can be a hood nigga and have that personality and have that hood swag and whatever and still love your woman and still treat your woman right and still respect women, respect your mother, respect your sisters, respect your female cousins and, and you know, and not be disempowering, not be um, overbearing or dominant or controlling, but but still leading as the man um, with integrity. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, or um, woman, women, you can you can still be you know, uh, sensual and, and dress, you know, in ways that make you feel sensual, you know, while still holding on to your, uh, dignity and respect for yourself. Um, not getting too lost in the rebellion of, you know, the feminist movement or the women empowerment movement. Just feel like you got to be this way or that way in order to be empowered. You can be empowered and still do things that you feel like have respect for yourself and respect for your relationship. That's what a relationship is all about. That is what real relationships are about is compromising and sacrificing. And I'm going to, like I said, I have a whole, I know y'all waiting on it. I'm sorry, but <sighs> divine timing. I got a whole episode for that. But, um, yeah, let's see what else I got. It's okay to have relatability with multiple friends. African-Americans have been so dispersed culturally that we have soul resonance with many cultures. Our heart is attached to so many things. I know for one, I had to be um, (laughs) Hispanic, Caribbean, African, Native American, probably Asian in another life. (laughs) But I don't know if it's about another life or just the fact that we become mutable because we don't really have a strong tie to anything like we've been so detached from our origin that we just really find resonance in anything that makes us feel good and we're all so much alike in societies what has divided us that it's not uncommon for us to have interest in this and that and this and that it's a it's society that wants to put us in a box and you know uh want to make us feel like you can't have multiple interests or you can't be multiple ways or whatever um but yeah different different cultures speak to me in all kinds of ways and I just love culture and I love multiple cultures and so you know it's okay to have different types of friends different strokes for different folks oh this is my friend I go and hang out with when I want to go turn up this is my friend I I do my spiritual uh kumbaya stuff with you know what I mean or this is my friend who I who I go to church with or this is my friend who I go to the park and have picnics with or this is my friend who I do all my workouts with or um just all the, this is my mom friend who we both have kids and we do play dates and we hang and chill you have to and that is okay normalizing having different types of partners different types of friends uh girlfriends you know sisters or whatever however you want to say call your girlfriends or whatever um random Kroger's new bags breaking news why did they change them <laughs> they know black folks use grocery bags for everything uh, conditioners, bathroom trash bags, all this, and they done changed them to these old hard 
Luckily, I think they're getting back to it. Somebody must have said, man, they don't like these bags because I feel like I started to see them emerge again. But I was like, are you serious? I recycle my bags and they done changed them. And I can't use these for my conditional treatments or, or uh, whatever. Um, I probably mentioned that before, but I kind of be forgetting. And um, you probably needed to hear it again. <laughs> um, this kind of goes with hygiene. If those tiles got more holes than a slice of Swiss cheese, throw them away. If they don't turn from white to gray and it look like a pair of fringe jeans from Fashion House, throw them away. <laughs> yeah, I'm corny. I don't care. It's easy to start rationalizing and making excuses, but once you start doing that, it's a slippery slope to a buttload of roadblocks. So, um, I mentioned this before, I think, um... In my motivational movement. So you want to hear more about that. Check that out. Um, motivational movement Monday I believe. It's the feeling that our society. Is conditioned to want quick and easy. But fixes. But nothing in life worth having. Is really quick and easy. And so it just sets you up for. Failure and defeated feelings. Okay. Everybody ain't got home training. And common sense. Your common sense ain't everybody's common sense. A lot of times we hold people to our standards and you can't expect the you from you. I mean, from somebody else. You can't expect the you from somebody else. Like, so don't be saying like, man, it's common sense because maybe it's common sense to you. Maybe that was something that was instilled in you. Everybody didn't have the same upbringing. Something else that came to my mind. High school was my best practice for life and I didn't even know it. Just think about it for an insecure sweet soul, the world is cruel, and the grown children in it make it so. Full of bullies, cliques, cool kids, and big kids who all so desperately want to belong and be one of the cool kids, but who really are just a bunch of influencers who knew how to play the game and lead people to desperately seek leadership while deep down they're insecure and battle with self-confidence themselves. That's why they so deeply, desperately need others hailing over them to feel a sense of self-worth. I call this the Hollywood effect or syndrome, whatever. I just literally made that up. But yeah, it's kind of like it's high school symbolic of life and how everybody is, is clicking up and putting you in this box and that box instead of being like collectively accepting of everybody and just letting people be. And if you want to be goth and be in the art club or be goth and play football or whatever, you know what I'm saying? I'm just being like very symbolic in general, but it's basically just letting people be and, and learning from life. Know your worth. I said this. I mentioned this in another post. So um, I'll mention it again. It's more than how much money you have, how big your, you know, is, how fat your, you know, is, or how fat your butt is, or big your butt is, um, how good you are in, in the bedroom, um, how big your breasts are, how slim or muscular you are, how curly or straight your hair is. Body dysmorphia or this obsession with physical appearance is detrimental to your spirit, which shouldn't be affected by society, superficially physical and material labels. And that kind of goes with something I kind of mentioned earlier. Can we normalize having a bad day for no reason or not knowing why? This alleviates the pressure to know and surrenders to your feelings and opens the door to willingness to honor them and lean into skills to create peace and calm within your nervous system. This goes with that normalizing of stress and that self-regulatory skill that we need to manage um, the emotions and thoughts and feelings that we have on a day-to-day -day basis. 
um, classism, classism and cooking. Cooking is transformative and healing. Use food as your medicine. Don't follow societal trends to feed your ego's need to belong or fit in. Wellness is about customization to your ancestral lineage, culture, um, interests. You know, whatever feeds your soul, whatever feeds your spirit, do it. But, you know, be mindful of health and nutrition while you're at it. If, if everything about you is good and your health is in tip-top shape, then do. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Be an intuitive spiritualist. And parent, listen to your child's inner guide for nutrition, love, language, learning style, etc. This goes into conscious parenting. Um, radical self-love and self-care. Use baths, a cup of coffee, a run, garden, whatever to connect with uplift your spirit's energy. Learn what it likes and, and when it likes it. I don't care. I don't know if awareness... Um, what was I going to say about this? Okay. Learn what it likes and what it doesn't like. So I'm going to end it there because I kind of don't know what I was going with on after that. Phone dopamine detox. I think it's time for us to kind of take a step away from our phones. If you don't do it already, um, you know, set out a time to look at your phone or set out a time to not look at it. And give yourself a break, you know, maybe before bed, put the phone down at least an hour before you got to go to bed or something like that so that you can kind of um, wind down and um, take a break. If you can go longer, then do longer. Um, and just so that you can focus on on more uh, on life, stopping and smelling the roses or doing something that you need to do that you've been holding off from. Spirituality is one's interpretation of life, which is basically their perceptions, perspectives, and symbolisms of what life means to them, usually to help empower them or rationalize things that could bring them down. But only you have the power to know what can truly empower you. Know that reasoning, I mean, releasing control and that God is the only Savior strictly relies in faith. Sometimes even the things you come up with are not empowering to not only you, but others as well. I ground my perspective with the intention to objectively uplift those marginalized and oppressed in a loving, compassionate, and empathetic way that promotes a contagious effect of these emotions, not their less optimistic counterparts. Don't listen to these therapists out here trying to make you feel like your parents are the sole cause of all your inner child wounds. Psychology deflects from the root of the issues as well. My perspective based on how it makes me feel is that it's another form of psychic manipulation. You mean to tell me that my parents not being able to help me self-regulate my emotions is because they were neglecting or didn't love me, or that they spanked me because they didn't love me, or they were abusive? Okay, it's, it's like no spectrum. So the question is why, though? In healing, you need forgiveness, compassion, and empathy to gain inner and overstanding. What gave me peace with unresolved wounds is knowing that my parents really did and do love me and did all they were holistically capable of doing with the tools they had at the time. It's hard parenting, especially with multiple children. As a black person in a society that is not generous with resources or assistance to help heal as you heal you as a family. And honestly, my childhood wasn't really as bad as a lot of, as we see in the media. And, you know, a lot of people do have bad upbringings, but honestly, mine really wasn't. And it was a lot of love within my family. And that's why I think I'm able to have so much love now and have such a open and big heart to humanity. 
when healing old wounds or unpacking the emotional baggage, so to speak, don't do more than one at a time or you will bleed out and never see it coming until it's too late. Open one wound, nurture it, and heal it. Then move on to the next one. It's no rush. You know? Entrepreneurship and the challenges for black, for the black spirit. And when I say spirit, you know I mean emotions, personality, and for your soul, the heart and your character. There's a lot of challenges and pressures that we face that fuel our anxieties. But, you know, we got to take it one step at a time. Try to collaborate. Try to seek people who have genuine intentions to, for resources. And like I said, lead with faith. The only way to conquer fear in any aspect of life is through faith. A foundation in faith never fails. I'm also going to be posting a Dear Black Men and Women letter, audio letter. And it's kind of just bringing some compassion to the women who may be going through a lot of emotional, psychological um, issues again. And it's for the men as well. Self-regulation, balancing, cognitive, rational, I believe they call it the left brain, and emotional, or the right brain. And that's another way to kind of um, gain that homeostasis or that centering again. When you're feeling like um, loopy, and I do have an episode called, um, it, I think it's, it's, it's spirit talking to you or something like that, and the importance of grounding. And it's basically sometimes we get too much into our emotional state of thinking and, and those feelings, and we start to think with those and and perceive that as our only sense of reality, and they can become a little irrational at times. And so to balance that, you have to know how to use your cognitive brain or your rational brain and, and kind of ground your feelings and your emotions with discernment and so I have uh, uh episodes on that as well so you can look up discernment and please like I said favorite this podcast share with other women share with other men um who you may feel like could benefit from it and need some motivation and kind of get some perspective or insight of what they're going through psychologically mentally emotionally spiritually whatever you want to call it um just life in general um yeah hopefully this help someone and you guys found some of these topics interesting.